listener. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet Editorial Director Katja Buckdell and host of this audio guide to Melbourne. Today, we're catching up with the founders of a beautiful new Melbourne fragrance brand and heading to Northgate for Syrian sweets and breakfast platters. But first, we're going to take a look at one of the key new tenants at Chadston's $70 million dining and entertainment precinct, which just opened. It's an Italian diner from one of Melbourne's most recognisable restaurateurs. Nick Connellan, our publications director, is here to talk about Cinque Terre, which, as the name suggests, is all about the flavours of the Italian Riviera and a new place for shoppers to escape the extreme bustle of Chadston. Before we chat about Cinque Terre specifically, let's talk about the new dining precinct that it's set in. It's a pretty big deal for Chadston. Yeah. It's a bunch of new venues. It's entertainment. So you've got things like Holy Moly and then a bunch of new restaurants. Including Cinque Terre. Including Cinque Terre. This is a restaurant from someone that Melbourne Dining knows really, really well, David McIntosh. Yeah. Although I think he, you know, he does fly behind the radar. He's not that big splashy out the front guy, but he's been part of really key venues like Hey Modern, Movida, Ides, Lee Ho Fook. He's a really key part of Melbourne dining. So why Chadston? All those restaurants you've mentioned are, you know, very inner city, but a shopping centre is a pretty different thing for him. Chadston's had dining before, but it's been a lot of that fast, casual daytime stuff. I think David said to us that he was really excited about Chadston adding this new precinct does add a whole nighttime element to it. So it's not going to be necessarily people who are shopping during the day, although there'll be customers as well, but it's about we've got a whole new nighttime element to Chadston now. Come at night and there'll be a whole precinct there the same way if you go to Smith Street or Chapel Street or any any of those sorts yeah. of streets. So the restaurant, tell us about it. First, a little anecdote. So we were actually joking in the office yesterday about all the photographer applications we get, how every single photographer has shots from the Cinque Terre in their portfolio. You can really see why. It is just the most bloody, evocative, beautiful looking place. And it's obviously on the Italian Riviera. And this is what's inspired the restaurant. I assume it's everything from maybe the space, but also the menu. So what kind of food can you expect at the restaurant? Beautiful pastas, of course, but a lot of seafood and nice light summery things. The ingredients are, and most of them are really centered on the kind that you would find on the Italian Riviera, on the Ligurian coast so seafood, as you said, um, pasta, but also quail, I think, and rabbit are, are things you might find in that area. On the menu, there's a quail that's antipasti and also calamari fritti, which is always like, how can you go past calamari fritti oh, on so a menu? Good, that lightly fried, it's just the most perfect starter. This does seem like a place where you could kind of step out and have a break and not feel like you're in the bustle of Chadston. It's that escapism that I was kind of referring to before. So my memories of the Cinque Terre, being a backpacker and going there in my mid-20s and like hiking through these unbelievable orange orchards on the sides of mountains and there's kind of crashing water below you and it's just stunning. Being at Chadson and shopping and escaping to that, even if it's just pictures on the walls, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Of course, a restaurant can't replicate what it's like to be in one of the most beautiful places in the world. But as you said, there's photos on the wall. It's quite a big, airy space. I'd certainly be making a beeline there if I needed a bit of breathing time between shopping sessions. Oh, yeah, it's on my radar for sure. Thanks, Nick. Now we're heading to Northcote to hear about a couple of new venues from a local favourite. Shamiat opened in 2019 and it introduced many locals and many Melburnians to Syrian cuisine. Now people flock to the restaurant for dishes that have been perfected over 25 years by the chef and owner, Helda Almorani. And excitingly, Shamiat has just opened a couple of new venues. So there's 
even more opportunities to eat delicious Syrian food. Here to tell us about it is broadsheet contributor Quincy Malasovis. Shamiat, mm. it's one of only a handful of Syrian eateries in Melbourne. Tell us about the owners and the people behind it. So it's owned by a husband and wife, Helda and Adela, her husband. They came to Melbourne fleeing the Syrian civil war and they had kind of been interested in opening a restaurant um, and had been looking around at different sites, I think mostly in the West. And then they just stumbled upon this Northgate spot. When you went in there and you spoke with Helda. Yeah. Obviously, they fled Syria during the civil war. Was she working as a chef back home? No. So she's always been a bit of a home cook, but really got into cooking when she was at uni. And she was just trying to test out these family recipes passed down through generations. She was saying that basically everything that she cooks now at the restaurant was from either her mom or her grandmother. And there's no written recipes anywhere. It's all just stored in her head. I love that. Can you tell us about some of the dishes that people have been flocking to Shamiat for? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. It's quite an extensive menu. Most of it is on the meat side built around beef or lamb. It's predominantly halal. There's lamb skewers. It's also turned into kibbeh, these little like fritters that are blended with bulgur wheat. There's a lot of vegan options like falafel, domates, and mohamara, which is this bright red dip that's chunky with walnuts and pomegranate, molasses, and you just slather that on bread and... Yeah, it's so good. Now they've opened two new venues. They've got the restaurant and now they've got a sweet shop. Yeah. And an all-day cafe. Yeah. First, let's go to the all-day cafe because I think it's focused on Syrian breakfasts. Most of the Syrian breakfasts, um, I was told, are composed of lots of kind of small plates. So you can sample a little bit of everything, which is really nice. So for instance, you'll get like some flatbread with a bit of labne and maybe some hummus and fried cheese and all these different elements that you can mix and match. Okay, good. And the sweet shop. Can you talk about some of the Syrian desserts that they're serving? Yeah. Again, it's quite an extensive range. They're all kind of lined up in the front of the shop so you can see them through the window and pick and choose. Many of them are based off of kind of variations of baklava, like phyllo pastry layered with nuts and potentially dates and then slathered and dazzled in this um, sugary syrup. And there's also mamul, which are these little biscuits that are filled with sort of a date paste. There's also an ice cream range, actually, and some rice pudding. Okay, well, it sounds like between breakfast and sweets and dinner, I mean, why wouldn't you spend all day there with with food that sounds so delicious and so considered and so much heart? Thanks for sharing it with us, Quincy. Thanks for having me. From the scent of Syrian cooking to scents inspired by cities in France, Japan and the US, Flaneur is a new Australian fragrance brand based in Melbourne, in Collingwood to be precise, and founders Andrew Hardiman and Mary Fox are here to tell us the story behind these very beautifully bottled and very beautiful smelling fragrances. Thank you, Mary and Andrew, for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Okay, tell us about the name and what it means. It's a French word. And a lot of people try and figure out how to pronounce it. So we've had flanner, <laughs> we've had flaneur, which is also a word in French. It's flané. Oh, flané. So I mispronounced it as well. <laughs> and sometimes it can be flané as well. But we go with flané. It's a French word with um, no English translation, but it represents like a feeling or a mood. And it describes, I guess, the action of wandering through cities without a goal or destination, but purely just for the enjoyment of it. Why is that the right name for what you guys are doing? We are really inspired by 
the little things in life and the beautiful things that you uncover, um, often unknowingly, but they're the best things that you experience. So we wanted to focus on the little things that we liked and we enjoyed that we thought could have a lot of meaning for other people and haven't really been explored from a fragrance side of things as well. Broadsheet Melbourne is all about the city and exploring the city. I can't think of another fragrance brand that I've come across that is so tied to one's experience of exploring the city. We walk and walk and walk all across Melbourne. It's definitely where we get our inspiration from. And then we try and extend that across to other locations around the world as well. You're not fragrance makers full-time. What are your day jobs? I work as a nurse at the Alfred. And I work in marketing and advertising. How did those two professions lead to fragrance making? So I am a critical care nurse. So I work in intensive care and scent is one of the last senses that you have. And to me, it's profoundly impacted my practice as a nurse. And I believe the well-being of my patients, their scent is important to them and their families. That was my main driver. And I always ride into work. I notice people always have a smile on their face when they feel fresh and energised and smell good. Yeah. And I think scent really is linked to mood um, and feeling. And I always saw that in the morning and I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could create our own range to make people feel fantastic and energised and uplifted any time of the day? Now, there's five non-gendered scents in the range. Each evoke a different story about a different city. Manhattan Cherry is the name of one. Green with Envy. Can you talk about, you know, a couple of them and the scents that people could expect? So I'm currently wearing Manhattan Cherry, which it's inspired by the Manhattan cocktail. So dark bourbons, cherries, orange peel, and it sort of floats off of you throughout the day and develops into this really dark mood. So the entire range is conceptualised, blended, filled, packed in Melbourne. So it is a true local story. Absolutely. But there is an exception, some of the accessories. Can you tell us about the parts of the bottle that come from overseas and why you went with those? Um, So we went for a French atomizer just because we did test a a variety of atomizers from around the the globe and it really was a superior spray when we compared it to anything else. And the glassware is from Italy. So we just really picked the best of the best from glass and atomizers. The branding and the bottles are really beautiful um, and so premium. Where can you buy and find the fragrances? At the moment, we are online only. Right. So no shop front, but you can come and collect your wares from from Collingwood. I'm not going to send everyone who buys perfume to, to your house, uh, but you have had people come to pick up their, their perfumes from your place in Collingwood. Yeah. You can absolutely pick up Mondays and Fridays in Collingwood. Thanks so much for joining us today. It was really lovely to meet you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore Mel. I'll be back again on Monday. Same time, same place. Chat then. A listener production.